0: Oh, I'm telling you now, if I only could go back and photographically remember all of those lessons my mama gave me, I'd be rich. Hey, this is Michelle Spive, and I want to thank you for joining me today on Wisdom Smack. I want to talk a little bit about... uh, the treasures that are hidden in plain sight. I want to talk about this 3D culture we live in and how everything is changing so that what you see is not necessarily all that you get. So stick with me and join me today as I talk about the the process of hidden in plain sight. All right, before we get started, I want to give a shout out to my mother. Rest in peace, love her, and miss her daily. Um, I was uh, looking at uh, some things that have uh, happened uh, with how I interact with my one-on-one clients when I'm doing consulting. And um, so I was thinking about this when I was actually talking to a sibling today, and it was so funny. because. I take for granted how we were raised. And my sibling is just totally flowing with me. I'm talking about stuff and it's so much hidden code in how we approach life. And it's it's based on how we were raised by our, our parents. And uh, so I got to thinking about that and we had a good laugh because I was like, you know what? We take this junk for granted. We we were blessed to have a, a mother who was a outlier. She really had a grasp on uh, seeing things in a different light and thank the thank the stars above that she passed that on to us not only th- through DNA but also through training and so this is the kind of stuff my mom would do We, you know we live in the house and everything and you never knew what was going to happen <laughs> when you were dealing with my mother so she, like I remember a few times I'd come into a room like she called me to come bring something to her or whatever and I'd bring it and everything and then she'll ask me things like Michelle how many pictures are on the wall in the living room? And I would turn around to go, and she said, "Nope, don't look. She says, you live in this house as many days as you know, you live in this house every day, as many days as me, you should know how many, how many pictures are on the wall in the living room. And I would have to go into my uh, mental image that was stored in my mind and try to count the pictures. And I'm going to be honest with you. A lot of times I didn't get it right. Um, she might be like simple thing. I mean, this is like way before the where's Waldo phenomenon and, and all of this stuff of teaching people. Um, now I'll just say this. My mother was a trained, um, uh children's uh, sociologist so she looked at the lifespan development of children she looked at how society affected them and all of this kind of stuff and um, in hindsight she never told me this but in hindsight I do realize that there were certain tests that were prevalent around the time that she was practicing and uh, working in that in that field uh, namely one that comes to mind and, and, and like I said I'm not going to say that this was my was what my mother was refre- referencing but I do want to reference it here reference it here and that is the gorilla test like uh, there's this famous gorilla test that they tell people to watch a basketball game and they give them a specific task they they tell them to count how many times the ball is passed and so while they have the people uh, counting and observing this this basketball game and how many times the ball is passed um, they have a person in a gorilla suit walk right in the middle of uh, the activity and then at the end, what they do is instead of ask, uh, they 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 do ask the people well, how many times was the ball passed, and not everybody gets it right. But the people who get it right, they kind of feel really good about themselves. Uh, but then they ask them another question. They say, how, how many people saw the gorilla?" And people are like, "What? There was no gorilla," <laughs> and it's only like a few people that will have said yeah I saw the gorilla and a lot of times they don't get the the actual question of how many balls were passed or the number of times but they do find that gorilla and in hindsight based on the kind of things that my mother would tell us and would instruct us and teach us and train us I know now that she was teaching us to see the gorilla and to see the hidden. So that's what I'm talking about when I wanna to talk to you today about uh, hidden in plain sight and how much of a tool, a skill and a gift that's going to be for you starting immediately if you if you will just change and skew your, your vision and your perception. And a, a lot of times I talk about perception and uh, perspective, especially when I'm dealing with my one-on-one clients. And that brings me to, a client that I I recently worked with. I'll tell you a little bit about an exercise we went through and how I I helped her with that. Uh, But for me, this is my um, quick and dirty of perception and perspective. Perception is how you perceive, of course, how you um, think of things or how you make sense of things. Perspective is how you view things from your point of view. It can be ontological where it means, you know, are you underneath it, above it, you know, meaning your position of it. So ontological, it can also be um, propositional, meaning are you on one side or the other? You know, are you a con or a pro, uh, for, against? It can all, You know, it, it, well, I could go on with the different ways of looking at it, but perspective is about your point of view you and how you see something whether it's physical or um an ideological way um just a whole bunch of different things but perception is how you think and take in what you're seeing okay so that let me I know I'm throwing a lot at you guys today, but just bear with me because I'm really excited about this um, because I, I I have some podcasts that are coming up that I would like to be able to refer to this one uh, as a reference. And so I want to get this one out there. So y'all please bear with me, okay? Because I'm I'm pumped about this. And it's, it's funny that I'm able to pay homage to my mom, my grandparents and how I was raised. Okay, so um, I've gotten established that you have to be able to expand the way you see things, perceive things uh, and the like. Okay. So going back to my mom and how she trained us, not only did she talk about seeing stuff that is in the background, paying attention to the marginalized and the invisible. She also wanted us to challenge the way we interpreted what we saw. So, she might ask you how many pictures are on the wall in the living room. But then she might also turn around at a different time. And she might say, um, "Is how could I make the room more spacious without removing anything in it? You know, now this was very practical for her. It wasn't where she was just trying to give us stuff to to mess with us all the time. You know, she had six children and we lived at the time in what was a normal size house of uh, three bedrooms and a bathroom and a half, you know, well, no, we just had a bathroom. So three bedroom bathroom with six kids. And we didn't think anything. We didn't think we were tight, you know, tightly packed in there or anything, but She would ask us, okay, we got this furniture. I can't go put it in storage because we all need a place to sit. So how do we move this stuff around uh, to make it more spacious? And so I, like I said, spatial reality. People weren't really calling this stuff that kind of thing. At that time, when I was growing up in the 70s and 80s, um, they were uh, just making it work, you know? And so those types of things right there we're helping to build this perception and perspective. So like perception is uh, how do I take in my surroundings? How, what do I think about them? And then how do I break what I think to think a different way? I, I remember my mother being such a thinker, have a voracious reader that she passed that gift on to me and my other siblings. And she always would say things that I just like I said I took for granted because that was my point of reference my mother and she would say you know beliefs are flexible never make your beliefs so so rigid um that you break whenever something else that's more powerful and um more seductive in its presentation takes you over you know I I remember her talking to us about you know when you hear other people's dialects and accents appreciate them but don't assimilate them maintain who you are develop your understanding of who you are in the world and give yourself the freedom to be flexible to look at things in different ways and to get a different perspective on them you know perspective point of view and like I said before, having this in my foundational years, I took it for granted that everyone could see what was hidden in plain sight. Now, fast forward all these years later, and I am now blessed to be able to be a person who can see uh, trends, patterns, frameworks that are not uh, readily um Told to the masses. I take these that I'm able to see and because of other skills and disciplines that I've learned and practiced and experienced over the years, I'm now able to take those and then give a pretty good hypothesis of what's going to happen in forecasting of where something is going to go. And like I said before, I used to think, well, everybody can do this. But looking back at that origin that, you know what, I had a mother who on a continuous basis she her tendency was to get us to look outside the box because she was a true outlier thinker and to be able to be okay with changing our perception of something of how we thought about something while she was also sharpening our ability to get different perspectives on it now I'm a woman of color, you could probably tell by my artwork, you know, that I have up, that's a picture of me, a recent picture of me, and that's how I look. And for my mother, part of our life skills training was that we had to be strong in our perspectives. That meant that we had to know how to think like different ethnic groups so that we could survive. It's kind of part of a toolkit of a lot of African-American children's upbringings that we are taught how to think like mainstream, but also how to be true and to think uh, like our culture. And now they have clear words for it, you know, called uh, code switching, cultural code switching. You know, my mother, and I'm going to actually, I think I'm going to devote a podcast to this one called Culture Spying, how to become a culture spy and um, how to see the the different dimensions of it so that you can observe, reflect, and then grow and prosper by being a culture spy. And, And not a cultural appropriation, totally different, but a culture spy. And so, Those were the kind of things, like I said, that I took for granted growing up. So I've got this client recently. I'm talking to her and she's like, my my business model is falling flat. I need to get some innovative approaches to this, right? And I'm like, okay. And so um I give her an assignment. I tell her to take uh the major keywords uh for her services, what she provides, and go into Google Trends. Now Google Trends is free. Anybody can do this. And if you uh I think they're up to 14 years now that you can go back and look. Um, Of how long, I think it only used to be 10 years, but you can go back and look at your industry, your keyword, or whatever, and see um, the interest in it by searches for those years so I had her go and look at that and I wanted her to report back I said I want you to look at this and I want you to think of everything you can research what you can about what you see in this graph and so the next week when we we, we talked she came back to me and she told me the graph she had a picture of it she sent the email it was nicely done I mean nicely done and it was exactly what I expected and and that was it was flat she did an observation of what she saw and then she gave me you know points for the industry and and uh the quote-unquote tried and true um predilections of what's happening and why it's happening and all of this and I was like you know that's really nice and everything um and her conclusion was that I think I'm probably going to have to change industries because our, our our time has um has come and gone and she said based on what I'm seeing we, we, um, we popped in 2013 to 2015 and everything that she showed me looked that way and I was like okay well then let's go through it and I'm gonna I'm, I, I'm I'm fresh eyes on this let me let me let's go through and what we're gonna do is we're gonna look and see what's hidden in plain sight so I then started taking her through the skills of this and I said okay let's look at what happened uh prior to and right after those dates and I told her I said what I'm doing is I am taking you through a post-mortem uh to see uh the outlying factors because you can't can't just look at your industry you have to look at society and the environment and the different movements kind of like you have to look at the zeitgeist to see if there are any factors that really stand out um, that could affect or impact what was happening so in her particular industry um coming into the 2010s she there was an influx of talent uh graduating and being opened up because of the influence of the internet there were um barriers being uh dropped there was a movement to do away with the stigma of having to physically come into an office to work and so she was looking at the advent of global offices virtual offices and so therefore you had this big surge of uh, what her industry provided because you uh, now had all of this ready talent without borders. And she was like, well, I didn't think about that. I was like, it's okay. You, that's thats why you came to me. So we, we looked at what was going on around her in the society. The next thing I wanted to look at, I was like, okay, so the next thing we can look at is, and I, and I explained to her, I said, I'm actually taking you through something I don't expect you to know. I've had to learn this because I world build as an author as well you know so I've got my business consulting side but I have my my creative side and I would do the same thing if I was if I was working with an author looking for help you know too so I'm able to marry the two but I digress so getting back to being able to look and see what's hidden in plain sight the next thing was okay so we had the economic social movement then I wanted to her to look at because she had already Let me let me act this up. She had already looked at the economic aspect of it, the money aspect of it. She had looked at the uh, business side of it. So she had looked at the stuff that she's trained to look at and those movements. So when I was looking at it, I was taking her outside of that to look at what happened in the society, in culture. Then I was like, okay, so now that we've looked at that, I want to look at this trinity of um, relationships. And she's like, relationships? I was like, yeah, we want to look at how people orient themselves to themselves, to others, and to their environment. Were there any changes in the environment that would have uh, allowed people to be able to do this? And when we looked through it, we saw that, people were more willing to um, share and create and open up to people outside of their culture so around this time you had breaking of barriers where uh Uh, not just culturally, but people were willing to share. And that was uh, referenced in the amount of open share software that was happening at the time. She was like, oh my God, all of this stuff was already here and I totally have been missing it. I was like, yeah, that's because a lot of times you're trained so much to be so focused that you can't see the forest for the trees. And so we went through that. I'm not going to go through all the rest of the stuff we did. But suffice it to say, when we came back through it, the complexion of what she thought about her industry was transformed to where she now has the tools to be able to take her company and not improve because she really wasn't wanting to just try to improve after we gathered the data to see what she could do. She's transforming her product to get in front of what people are needing but not don't necessarily know they need now and that's very powerful because it takes it away from her having devolved into a transactional relationship with her environment to where now she can now um become involved with her industry on a relational um uh uh, relationship. And I'm just going to tell you right now, that's what we are. We are moving into where no longer, and I got this part from Seth Gold and I, Golden. I love him. No longer are you able to just interrupt people with a commercial and say, buy my stuff, look at me, do, you know, you can't do that anymore. People don't pay attention to you because the environment is such that they can ignore you. And I'm not just talking about, uh, uh, ad poppers and uh, blockers and all this kind of stuff. No, I'm really talking about the fact that now we live in societies where we can cut and cut cut and parcel out the perfect tribes where we can live uh, and interact, whether they be online, offline, or otherwise. You can custom make the environment that you want to be in. So much so that now the word echo chamber. Uh, has become very prevalent because if you so choose, you can have a world where you only hear and is only parroted back to you the beliefs and, and decisions and the thoughts that you want to believe in. You, you no longer are forced to listen to a myriad of um, ideas. And so because of that, our ontological relationship or how we relate to our world ourself and others is based on the fact that it's relational it's not transactional it's not you do this for me I do that for you no you have you have to now be able to deal with people who know like and trust you and that's not just when you're trying to sell them something if you're trying to develop a relationship with them what do people now do when they are vetting you to see if they're going to be in a relationship with you, they go to your social media. They vet you. They look and see as much as they can of what you've posted or how you live your life or what other people say about you. They get references on you now. And and that's the world we live in. And because of that, hidden in plain sight becomes so much more important because you can no longer take things at face value. You can no longer be willing to just accept what someone gives you uh, as a representation of themselves, what they believe in or what the situation is. And it's up to you. The buck stops here. You have to be the one who has a skilled understanding of perspective and perception. You have to be the one who vets what you get just because something calls itself a news outlet, you have to be savvy enough to understand if this is this a skewed opinion. Am I looking at yellow journalism or am I looking at something that uh, is trying to give me an objective middle of the road understanding uh, by highlighting the facts and then possibly doing just the positions of the opposing side so I can get a, a well-formed picture. You know, there it's so much that we are required to do these days that I see we're sorely lacking and that is why I'm taking this time to tell you about the the skill that you need to um develop I talked <coughs> excuse me I talked um, uh on another episode about a, a famous um quote from E.O. Wilson that I absolutely love Uh, talking about how only those who are able to take information and synthesize it down to the right things at the right time are going to lead and how you have to be aware of that Uh, because nowadays we are bombarded with information and you already heard that you already know that. But there are, there are new problems that arise with having access to all this information. And that is now you have to reteach yourself how to learn how to learn. You've got to reteach yourself how to be able to put things together in a workable format. Uh, that is why no longer are people just willing to watch you teach them something or learn how to do something they want to see your try fail cycles they want to see you document your journey of how this didn't work that didn't work and then what you finally found out because they are looking at uh more dimension dimensions that that apply to them than just how you might want to package something to give to them You know, so getting into uh, being hidden in plain sight and how to start skewing, not just your sight. I'm talking about the sensual experience of using the senses that we currently have ready access to because I believe there are way more than just the five. But using at least those five to start looking at how to take in your situation and your understanding of what's around you and how it's going to be, really powerful you powerful to you is something that every person needs to start doing right now. there is a show that I used to love. Um, They have a reboot of it. I really haven't watched it that much because I don't have TV and I just don't feel like trying to find it uh, through these different online packages that they have. But the show is called MacGyver. And I loved MacGyver because MacGyver to me was how I'm used to looking at stuff. You take what you got and necessity is the mother of invention and you make it work. And so with MacGyver, he would always manage to get himself into these situations where he had a paper clip a, a piece of thread and a, uh, maybe a can of soda and he would make some kind of explosive to get himself out of something or a, um, uh, a, a way to uh, get out of, of, of something by making a key or whatever it was. But his ingenuity was so powerful and I would, I would get enthralled in those stories and it was because he challenged me to look beyond what was readily presentable to see. I don't even want to say the possibilities because possibilities are always around you just as much as impossibility is always around you. It is that person who is willing to push past to be able to see what's in plain sight to have an, an ingenious and intuitive understanding of what to do. That's going to make the impossible possible. Uh, Going back to the, the client, the one thing that I will say that I really enjoyed with working with her for her company was that she was open and ready for anything. She was willing to expand her beliefs, expand the way she thought about stuff and the way she saw stuff so that she could find a new way of being. And that takes a lot of chutzpah and a, a, a whole bunch of. Of, um, self-discipline and control to, to be willing to scrap what you are used to and move out of your comfort space into a totally new space. So um, I'm going to just encourage you guys to look past what is in plain sight. The way I want you to do that is, number one, I want you to look at how you're positioned. What is your angle? If you're looking at at a diamond, do you realize that if it's cut and polished, it has facets, meaning that those are different angles and in each angle, the light will hit it in a different way. And that in any given perfected and polished diamond, you could be uh, privy to thousands of different views of the same thing. So I want you to change your perspective. If you're looking at something head on, change to one side or the other or underneath it. If you are looking at uh, your plight, your situation, and it always only seems to be one way, that's a pretty good indicator that you're stuck in one perspective. Maybe you switch perspectives and you put yourself in the shoes of the person who is succeeding. You know, um, there was this book I read by one of my favorite authors, uh, Brandon Sanderson, and he had this character who was in a predicament and she told herself, be the person who gets out of this situation. And in that instance, she willed herself to do that. And I thought that was such a great example of being able to switch perspectives. And then perception. If you've been thinking about something one way and you find yourself saying that this is the only way to think of it, I'm gonna tell you now, you're wrong. Think of it different ways. That's the wonderful thing about creativity. Creativity is a chain breaker that causes you to be able to move outside of the rote behavior and the ruts of thought that you're in to be able to see new possibilities and new ways. And so that's how I would encourage you to start seeing things that are hidden in plain sight. Remember, my mother would sometimes ask us what was already there that she knew could probably have been pushed back because it wasn't demanding attention. And then sometimes she would go and she would ask us, how do I make what I already have more efficient, more effective, more spacious? And those were two different ways to deal with perspective and perception. So I want to encourage you to start looking at the stuff that does not wave and say, yoohoo look at me, it doesn't mean it's not there. It just means that it's biding its time. A lot of solutions that you might be looking for in your life are hidden in plain sight. But because you're so used to looking at only those things that make the most noise, those are the things that you believe take up all the space of your reality. They do not. They are just part of the tapestry of your life. So I really encourage you to push forward. And if this wisdom smack (laughs) has helped you, please give me comments. Let me know you're out there and you're listening. Uh, Maybe even give your insights into what you're learning and you're seeing. And I just am so grateful that I'm having this opportunity to share this with you. So this has been Michelle Spiva with wisdom smack and i really want to thank you and appreciate uh you for listening you don't have to but you do oh and if you would like to um support this podcast uh you can definitely do so uh by simply thinking of us when you go to um Uh, buy things on Amazon. I now have it set up where if you go to michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ uh, and that will take you into Amazon, uh, this podcast may receive royalties from when you spend. It's not going to cost you anything more and it's already something you do, I would just encourage you to consider using this link uh, to support the show. And that's going through MichelleSpiva.com forward slash AMZ uh, so that we might be able to receive some royalties uh, or a small percentage of what you uh, purchase while you're on Amazon. So thank you so much. And I will guess what? I'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Bye. And that's going to do it for today's podcast of Wisdom Smack. This has been Michelle Spiva. Thank you so much for joining me. And don't forget to like, subscribe, and even comment on some of the Wisdom Smacks you have going on in your life. and Or even if there's something we talked about today that you especially enjoyed. And don't forget to pass it on and share. I'll talk to you later. See you on the next time with Wisdom Smack with Michelle Spiva. Bye.